Ask the Podcast Coach for December 3rd, 2016. Let's get ready to podcast. It's the extended dance version. Happy Saturday, indeed. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. If you are new to the show, look, this is where you get your podcast questions answered live. Like right now, we are here every Saturday morning. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And um, joining me is just little old me and the chat room. We've got about 18 and 18 people in the chat room. How cool is that? Uh, I am deeply honored that you guys have uh, come here. Bernie is downstairs sleeping as he always is. He has been coming upstairs a little more, but um, and he's uh, he's naked. He's he is sans sweater. Bernie, for those of you, is my cat. He's psychotic, and usually, if he's not wearing a sweater, will lick himself bald. And he kind of lost the sweater and has been kind of cool. He's got a little spot behind his neck that he's just scratched off because he's still a little neurotic, but uh, he's been. Uh, been okay so uh hug your pets by the way my brother uh lost his dog this week been around for 17 years which i think is like a million six in uh, in dog years when they're that old but uh boy i tell you what it's like losing what well, is kind of like losing a, a family member and uh it was time i mean this poor dog had been through so much and it was like eh, what are you gonna do but uh happy post uh black friday was last week We've made it through Cyber Monday, and um, this happened this week. We'll start off with this. I got a couple. I have a lot of questions, one of which just lit up Facebook. Like, people are, like, just going bonkers. I want to discuss that with you guys. But if you haven't heard this yet, on The Tonight Show, now, if you go to YouTube, they just have the bit. They don't have the setup. This is the setup. We're not going to listen to the bit because between you and me, the bit wasn't that funny. Uh, but this was the setup, and I thought it was here was some. It's Jimmy Fallon from the Tonight Show. Uh, hey guys, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love podcasts. You guys listen to podcasts? See, I just want to stop it right there. I just want to go. Uh, hey guys, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love podcasts. You guys listen to podcasts? I mean, I love TV shows a lot, yeah, much but, better. But when I get a chance, yeah, you love the podcast. I'm setting this bit up, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> podcasts are a great way to pass the time while you're on your way to work. Mm-hmm. You go in the gym, sure, whatever you know, traveling to school, yeah. on your way to prison, right? Whatever you want to do. <laughs> the other day, I was scrolling through uh, iTunes and I noticed that there's a lot of obscure podcasts that I've never even heard before. Really? And that's kind of the thing here. Podcasts are all obscure. And I thought it'd be nice to check out a few of them uh, and, and tell you guys about them in a new segment we call Tonight Show Podcast. Here we go. Right. So these are wow. So this is a yeah, the special. What's that? Is that special? <laughs> you can't hear me because you got your headphones on. What's, What's that? that? No, See, it gets real visual. Podcast. But it was like Morgan Freeman. So it was like some guy doing a bad Morgan Freeman impersonation, and then Tracy Morgan is like, "That guy's gonna get that that penguin pregnant," kind of thing. So, but here's the because th- a lot of people are like, oh, "I was very snarky," you know, he's kind of like poo pooing podcasting. I didn't quite get that. But they did really reinforce the fact that podcasts are obscure. It's this weird chocolate-covered fish stick kind of, you know, topics that only weird people. That I kind of got, that it was like, we're mainstream media. 
but it, it I, I don't know that I got it so much like we're better. I had a lot of people like, oh, he's just saying he's better. And I'm like, really? I just thought it was a bit. But the thing that I loved about this, let's look at the bright side, is that you notice Jimmy didn't say, hey, do you guys listen to podcasts? It's, it's kind of like an internet radio show, um, except it's time shifted and you can listen on a, he didn't have to explain, you know, you don't need an iPod. He just said, you guys listen to podcasts and there was a smattering. There was a smattering. Let's, let's see uh, if it was an official smattering. Uh, hey guys, I, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love podcasts. You guys listen to podcasts? I mean, I love TV shows. Uh, of course lot. he could say, do you guys like, you know, whatever. And they'd be like, woo. Yeah. So. But I thought it was exciting that he didn't have to explain what a podcast was. And he's actually said, and I, I felt bad because I uh, I deleted it before I could uh, pull the audio from it, was he actually uses Overcast because he was talking to somebody about how he's listening to a podcast. He's like, yeah, I was just using Overcast because you can speed it up. And uh, do you guys like stop signs? Woo! My favorite ones are the red ones. Yeah. So, um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And, and there've been a few, I know on, um, orange is the new black. There was a great line where this girl was talking to a guy and, and she's like, so you actually have a job. And he's like, well, yeah, I'm a writer. She's like, Oh, good God. That's great. Because I'm tired of dating guys that live in their mother's basements, recording podcasts or something like that. And it's been on the family guy. It's been on. So it's another one. It's been a, uh, grammar girl was a jeopardy, uh, uh, answer, which was cool. So just another way that, um, you know, podcasting is, is we don't have to explain it as much as we used to in, in the past. So, uh, the way this works, if you're new to the show is, uh, there is a little button somewhere in the bottom, right? You can actually tweet out down here. Wow. My finger's huge. Look at that. It's a big giant finger. Uh, but down here you have these little buttons that you can tweet and link and blah, 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 and share the show which is great. But there's also one down there. If you want to come on in, come on down. Uh, you can do that. But the other thing, um, and I'm not going to tell you how to do this yet because I haven't been approved. So I may have done it wrong. Uh, Alexa, what's new? Here's your flash briefing from the school of podcasting.com. Ha. Ah. The school of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. I am Dave Jackson, and this is the first installment of the Power of Podcasting. Alexa, stop. So I found a way to get my podcast on the Amazon Alexa. Um, Echo Dot, whatever you want to call it. Um, The problem is I'm the only person that can hear that. Yeah, everybody's like, hey, stop saying Alexa. But I haven't been approved yet. And they give you this laundry list of stuff that you have to go through. Um, one of which was an RSS feed. And I'm like, I think I've heard of those. So, um, so that was, and here's the interesting thing. It really wasn't, you need a developer license for Amazon, which are free. So I had to jump through that hoop, but I already had one because back in the day, I used to have a private Facebook group that was tied to my membership program. And then shocking, believe it or not, Facebook changed something in the back end and it ruined it and broke it. I love when they do that. So, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, there's actually a uh, there's a new thing in the Alexa uh, thing that you can add a skill, and she'll be like mean at you. She'll be like cranky, and I'm like, really? I just I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> insert spousal joke here. 
but here is the question that just blew up Facebook this week. I mean, it was just people after people after people. And I was like, ooh, we got to talk about this on the show. So feel free to jump in if you want, if you want to type in the chat. I was going to wire up a phone today because Jim wasn't going to be here. And I'm like, you know what? We have the chat. We're good. You guys ready for this? This uh, uh, Here, can I? Can I? I could do this. Here's the question. Um, Is it rude to ask how many downloads do you get? Answer in the chat room. Yes or no? We have one yes. Is it rude? Kim says no. No. We have one yes, two no's. Demands on the context, says Daniel. Depends on the tone of voice, says Jason. Roscoe says nix, which I believe was a no or something like that. Rudy asked the age of your podcast. See, this is what's interesting. We have some yeps. We have some nopes. Anybody else want to chime in? Is it rude to ask how many downloads does your podcast get? He said, putting in a marker where people ask, how much you pay for that apartment? Seems less intrusive than that. Because here's, here's, in case anyone asks, I started the Alexa cast because uh, I wanted to kick the tires on another platform. And my first episode has now been downloaded 17 times. My Amazon Echo Buyer's Guide has been downloaded 25 times. And the last episode that's been out uh, a day has been downloaded 21 times. So... I think Daniel hit it on the head. Well, that's my whole point. I think Daniel hit it where it depends on the context. Because if it's somebody going, if you're at Podcast Movement, you're at PodFest, you're at whatever, some sort of podcast event, and somebody comes up to you and says, yeah, I do a show. It's um, about, I don't know, skateboarding in Colorado, something kind of niche maybe. And you're like, okay, skateboarding in Kansas. Cause that would be fun because Kansas is flat. Um, underwater basket weaving, right? Exactly. And somebody goes, man, underwater basket weaving. How many downloads do you get on that? I don't know that that's, I, I am of the, I am of the thing of it's not rude. Um, if I buy a guitar and somebody goes, man, it's a nice guitar. What did you pay for it? I guess that is, did you get a deal on it or not? So, and I, I guess the, in that case, I think it's the wrong question. See, Daniel says in that essence, if I'm trying to figure out, are you, is that worth doing or not? You know, are you, is it hmm, kind of like, is anybody listening kind of thing? I guess that's where people see it's rude. Cause I've, I've never been a person, um, <laughs> Uh, somebody says, I'm British. Everything is rude to us. Right. Crikey. He asked me how many downloads I had. Right. Um, so, uh, Crikey is actually Australian now to think about it. And with my accent, it's neither. It's just that horrible, weird British thing that Dave tries to do. Um, so I'm not, I've never hidden my, my, uh, stats to me. It's, you know, I don't, I guess, and if somebody wants to judge whether that's good or bad, because I mean, think about it. If somebody had, 
a di- let's let's go this route. Disney podcast, right? Because there's only about four million of those. So I decided I'm going to launch a new Disney podcast. Only mine is going to focus on the parks. Okay, so I do this Disney podcast. It's it's the Disney Park Cast, except I can't use the word Disney in my my title. Uh, so I I do that show, and I get 300 downloads an episode. Okay, is that a success? There's a part of my brain goes, man, you'd think there'd be now. That's more than than the mean or the median. Right. The median is around 200 downloads an episode. The average is about 2000. The median meaning 50 percent get less, 50 percent get more than about 200 downloads an episode. So if somebody says, I'm, I'm I hate the phrase only only, he said with air quotes, getting 300 downloads for this Disney podcast. Some people might go, wow, you think there'd be more than that? Take the same concept. Disney podcast for special needs people. Uh, Kathy Kelly used to do the special mouse podcast. And let's say Kathy got 300 downloads. That'd be phenomenal because it's a niche podcast. So I don't think it's the number that I don't, I don't know that we can judge on numbers. If I'm doing a weight loss podcast and I get 300 downloads, that's a horrible failure because we all need to lose weight. But if I'm doing, I don't know, something else that's super niche. So I don't, I guess I'm just not either a easily offended or, or whatever. Um, so if anybody wants to, to pop in here or, um, Leave some more comments in the chat um, when you think it's rude and when it's not. I guess because some people, I mean, this this thread went on and on and on over at Facebook. And it was kind of like asking a woman's age or asking how big certain body parts are. Um, yeah, when people judge another based on that number, that's when it gets rude. I might have 10, but those 10 enjoy it. It's a success, says uh, Mr. Wabbit Hankins. Uh, Patrick Keller says, how much time do you wait after an episode before you declare total downloads? I go, that's a good question there. (sighs) How long? I think Todd said, or is it Edison Research said that after 72 hours, most people have listened to the podcast. So I usually say after, I know um, the stat that Rob gives over at Libsyn, it's after a month. It's 30 days after it's been released is the, where you get that 2000 average, 200 median um, yeah. And so, um, but I just thought it was interesting that people were like, how dare you ask how many downloads I get? Um, Darwin says for me, it's not about the numbers. It's about the interaction I have with my listeners. Yeah. To me, that's the question. How many, how many emails do you get? How many comments do you get? That kind of thing. Um, exactly. And what if you continuously promote your back catalog? then those numbers are going to go up. I, I do have a thing set up now at Libsyn to let me know if anybody downloaded the first episode of the School of Podcasting, which was 500 and some episodes ago. Yeah, so exactly. Your number should be going up. For the record, the other thing that um, I, I we should point out when it comes to stats, a lot of people love to say, hey, last month I got 300 downloads per month. This month I got 500. That doesn't... The downloads per month, I don't want to say is a horrible stat, but it doesn't, it's not really telling because A, what if you do three episodes a week? Okay, that that means, you know, now you do the math, that's nine episodes, that's, wait, that's 12 episodes, you just did whatever the number is. So that whole monthly thing is, I think, what a lot of people love to do to sound really big. 
and they'll say, oh, I got 10,000 downloads last month. Okay, well, if I say that, which I have no idea where I'm at, I'd have to go look. Um, if I said that, I have 500 episodes that people can can choose from, and that's going to make that number go up. And there are those people that when you find something, and I just realized you can do this in, in Overcast, by the way, when you subscribe to a, a podcast in iTunes and in Overcast and probably other apps as well, there might be a button to download all. And so when they find that, however many episodes are in your feed, here they come. And I get a lot of, uh, um, probably at least one a day at Libsyn about, I had a spike. Now for the record, I understand the concept. If you are brand new, like I just said, when did I say my downloads are getting 21? If I was getting 21 downloads and all of a sudden I got a spike of eight, right? That's like a 30% boost. But eight downloads is not really a, a quote, spike. I realize it is, it is to you, but really it doesn't take much to have those numbers go up. All it takes is a group of people at a meetup to say, I just started listening to this show. It's about, it's a, it's a, dramatic. It's like old time radio with all the sound effects and stuff. It is awesome. You got to listen to it. It's the boxpodcast.com. All it takes is for those people to go listen to the first episode, download all, boom, here comes your spike. And so to me, it's kind of interesting. I think it goes back to our, our, um, what's that thing? The, the imposter syndrome that we don't want to believe that we actually got downloads. We got, can you please check these? Because my numbers are up and I'm like, why? And I get that. You will want to make sure they're real, but uh, that's something else. Uh, Darren says, uh, or wait, um, Patrick says, lately I've been judging the success, he says in air quotes, and engagement of my podcast by what's going on in my podcast Facebook group. Facebook groups are a great way, if you stoke the fire, you got to go over there and, and pop in. You can't just set it up and then leave. You got to show your face in there. Um, I think I've got healthy numbers, but I was recently refused an increase in sponsorship payment because of low conversion rate. So it's not about the downloads. It's about engagement. And also with sponsor, it's about fitting the sponsor to your show. So if I'm doing a knitting podcast and, you know, I get an offer from a heavy metal record label, I don't know that there are a lot of heavy metal, you know, knitters out there. Could be wrong. But my, my knee-jerk reaction, not a great match there. So in some cases it's that. And then also, and I've run into this. I, if you've ever wondered, I, I started, I have two sponsors now, one on the school of podcasting and one on weekly web tools. And, and that I had to think about that one long and hard because I'm already promoting the school of podcasting on the school of podcasting. And it was kind of like, mm. but I did that because I want to rewrite more podcast money, my book next year. And I needed some firsthand knowledge. And it's interesting because sometimes the sponsor will give you bullet points to say, and you look at them and go, there's nothing there that is going to resonate with my audience. And that's a fun one. When you got to say, look, I know my audience. Here's how I can sell to them. Uh, when I was doing a thing for this microphone, the Audio-Technica RE320, and they kept wanting me to talk about, oh, it was some pieces part in it. The, the you know, something, something dynamic, magnetic, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that, that that's going to go way over the head of my audience. If I said it sounds good and there's less proximity effect so you can get as close or as far away and it's not going to change the sound. But it was an engineer that was writing the copy. So that's another fun one too. If you're getting low engagement, either A, maybe this isn't a great fit for you and the 
maybe that sponsor doesn't fit the show, but B, maybe their their bullet points are just, they don't resonate. Uh, Steven says, the other consideration for per month is a release date versus month ends. For example, if I did three episodes per month uh, podcast releasing on Saturdays, well, if I release December 31st, that could skew scats. That's true too. Yeah. Um, SP says, stats, obsessing. It's like fantasy football. (laughs) It is. Um, It's nothing to help your team win or lose, but it feels like you're participating. Yeah, that is true. I had somebody um, ask yesterday at Lipson, is Lipson going to build a stat so we could check our stats on our phone? And I don't know that that's in the plans at this point. I could only imagine the level of uh, obsession that would go on if uh, we did that. It, I mean, you can check your stats on your phone. It is, it's uh, that. Yeah, Mike says, Mike Dell from uh, Blueberry. I get those questions about Blueberry stats as well. So, um Speaking of advertising, since that kind of came up in um, that discussion, uh, I forgot to copy their name, so my apologies, but this was out of a Facebook group. If there's someone who's interested in advertising on your podcast, what are some ideas of how much to charge? I'm fairly new to this and want to be realistic in what I should ask. I welcome any and all feedback. Um, Well, the, the key to this one, and I'm not a negotiating um, I've read a couple books on negotiating and they all have the same first rule, which is never put out the number first, whoever, for whatever reason, because if you're an advertiser and you offer up a number and it's way low, you might offend the person that you're trying to negotiate with. Um, if you say too high, well, then they might take it. So it's kind of weird that nobody wants to give out a number, but somebody has to. So it's a little dance of negotiation. And um, uh, Stephen, uh, I will answer that question in just a second. Um, so I think Jessica Coverman, she was on my show a couple weeks ago, had the coolest test and it was so simple. And she said something like, all right, would you take $50 an episode? And if you go, no, I don't think so. Cause it, it is a lot of work. Um, and, and okay, would you take a hundred dollars an episode? Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. What about 200? I don't know if that might be too much. Okay. Then a hundred it is. I mean, just, just go up the slide. You want this? Okay. That's, that's too much. I don't know that I can deliver enough customers to that person. Just go. And I was like, wow, that's a brilliant, easy way of looking at it. Uh, some other things you can do with that, ask them. And if it's a business, they should know this number. How much do you spend to acquire a new customer? Cause they should know that and say, okay, if, you know, so if they say, well, we spend usually, you know, $42 for a new customer. Okay. Well, how about, we start off with $40 an episode. I think I can get one of my audience to, you know, sign up per week and go that right. And that's measurable. And then again, you got to make sure that there's some sort of like right now, um, it's hilarious because I can't remember the name of my sponsor, um, for weekly web tools. It's been very weird because I, I have my bullet points. I've been working with Jessica. She's my agent on this go Lance. And, um, there's nothing really to track the GoLands. They don't have a landing page for me. Um, there's no coupon code. And that is kind of, you know, I, again, I didn't really set it up. They just said, hey, we'll pay you this. I looked at it, saw what it was and went, yeah, this will fit my audience. So it's kind of weird that when that comes up for renewal, how are they going to test whether or not it worked or not? I thought that was kind of odd. So those are some things you want to do, uh, both on your end, to, so you can know for future sponsors, how much traffic did I send them? And then how much of it converted? That's always great to know as uh, as well. 
Uh, Patrick Keller says, I do have to say, though, I do get a little offended when people criticize people for stat obsessing. It's available to me, and there's a reason we have them, right? There's there's checking your stats, and then there is, and, and, and just to give you a little behind, and, and Mike Dell can, can talk about this, too. It's literally publish stats. I just released a show, and my stats aren't showing up, and it's been literally seven minutes it's that's obsessing over stats that's and and i'm not mike is laughing now because he knows there are people that do that and the thing i always tell people number one subscribe to your own show please subscribe to your own show so that when you see your podcast come down you know whoever you're using for a media host be it lips and be a blueberry Podbean, whatever you know the technology's working so when you go to iTunes and it's not there yet, just a just a friendly reminder, it takes 24 hours for it to show up in the listing of of iTunes. Your subscribers will get it instantly. But um and and there are just people that um I remember one guy um it wasn't directly after that, but he he wanted to know like he had one download in insert obscure country, Croatia. That's a country, right? Um, and he wanted to know, like, if he could tell what city it was. And I just, you know, to me, I always want to go, okay, let's say it was Ningagandistan. Now what are you going to do with that? I always want to know what, you know, what's the reason for that? Um, yes, Mike, how come I got 30 downloads from Michigan, but only seven from Idaho? Because you will see that. I remember I had somebody a couple weeks ago. He had a big turnout in Virginia, and I go, birds of a feather flock together. Somebody might have found your show, told their friends. They all live in Virginia. Patrick says, I check my stats three to four times a day on average. Am I a freak? No. The, the problem is, here's where it becomes a problem, and this is just flat out my opinion. When you are spending 15 to 20 minutes a day looking at stats... That 15 to 20 minutes could be spent on developing content, better content, so that when you check your stats, they're going up. That's my whole thing. I mean, I, I did that thing a while back where I was checking to see what it would take to get into New and Noteworthy. And it took me 20 minutes to see if I was in New and Noteworthy. If you scroll all the way to the bottom three, 400, because A, I had to do it in iTunes, and it just was ridiculously slow. And I was like, I, I could be doing something so much more um, useful for my audience than, you know, digging through new and noteworthy and things like that. Um, yeah, I uh, somebody says in the chat room, I check once a week. I just, before I publish a new, I check mine, I, I publish the new episode. And what I do is I, um, here, speaking of being uh, transparent, let me just show you what I do. And this is, this is, my little science thing, feel free. Cause the whole thing is what if I want to see uh, growth and you kind of get this in different stat packages and things like that, different trends and things like that. What I do, that is my trend line over two years is what we're looking at. And for those of you listening, it, this is after, this is for a month. So it starts somewhere about hmm, 5,500 and as of last week, it was over 8,000 downloads. 
Um, and what I do is I just go in, when I upload my latest episode, and you'll notice these are all now, and what's interesting about this, and this is what's cool, if we go back here to January of 2015, um, I was getting 5,270 downloads. Now what that is, is it's basically me going through and adding up the last four episodes. And it doesn't matter what I do, as long as I do this consistently. So I upload the show, go to the last four episodes, add up the last four weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now these used to all be green because I have it set up. I'm not gonna teach an Excel class, but I have a, a I forget what it's called now. It's hilarious when you quit using this stuff. But um, as I go across, and you can see I, I wasn't perfect. I had a couple of weeks here where I skipped, but these are now my new averages. So I have it set up so that if it's above average, it turns green if it's below average. It, it doesn't. And so as time goes on and you add up, so you can see my last one, I had 1,800, 1,900, 1,800, and 2,500 uh, for my stuff, for my, my downloads. And I'm trying to find the stop sharing button. There we go. And that's a way just to see a trend. And that's about as obsessing as I get on stats. I basically, I look at them when I upload them. Uh, like the one that was 2,500, I might go back and go, what was that? You know, did I do anything different from that? But that's how I do that. And yeah, I also set up a trend line. I used to teach Excel on a three or four times a week. I used to be an Excel guru. And it's hilarious how when you don't use something, like I went to do a, um, mm -hmm, that thing, there was a chart and uh, it was hilarious. So um, do stats go up or down over the holiday? Uh, looking at mine, they appeared to go down a smidge. Um, cause that's actually one of the reasons why I was looking at that. Let me see here over. Okay. So, um, December ish, not really. Uh, as I look at mine, they actually, what goes down is like, not actually take, it's hard to tell with this graph, but it looks like they take a little bump in the wrong. They, they go down a little in December, but then they go right back up. Yeah, in fact, I see that too. January and February, they go up. And I think that's because A, everybody got a new phone for Christmas, and B, uh, for those of us that live on the East Coast, we're buried in snow, and there's nothing else to do but sit around and listen to podcasts. Um, so, um, Stephen says, this past year, that's how we found a dirty wedge scraper for Gunna Geek. SP found a massive spike in some shows, and it led us to an investigation and discovery. Yeah, and that's the the fun part of RSS feeds. You can grab them and put them into all sorts of stuff. And um, there are some user there are some user agents that it's it's a bummer because it's kind of like a superpower. You can use them for good or you can use them for evil. So it's hard as a, as a media host for people like Libsyn and Blueberry and Podbean. You don't want to block them because some people use them for good. It kind of stinks that way. Um, Patrick says it never goes down. It's just a smooth slope. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, my stats are about the same, but my show is about green. Now, if I looked at, now, when I looked at my trend line, right, that's over two years. If I looked at it over like three months, it looks flat because it's not, you know, as they always say, it's not a hockey stick kind of thing. Um, so it's a slow growth. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, so that's what I do to, to track my stats. Um, and 
it's just something that I do. So I'm kind of, you know, and then I, I went and got my Excel geek on and made a trend line that whole nine yards. So that's, that's my whole thing in the same way that, you know, to me, when is obsessing over new and noteworthy? Yeah. Ross says, I'm not the only one looking to see. I, I see. Here's the thing. I've heard that new and noteworthy is broke or generally the, the iTunes charts are broke, that they're not changing. And here's the thing. I don't want to spend the 20 minutes a week. Uh, I guess I could just go in to the same place, take a screenshot and next week go back and see if it changed. Cause I keep hearing that they're not changing. And I'm just like, I could, that might be a topic, but in the end, what if I go, yes, they're broken. Okay. So we all know to quit obsessing over it. To me, I go, it's not broken, but it's not doing anything for you either. So it's, it's to me, I'm like, what value does that bring to my audience? Uh, cause I just don't, I just don't think that does a whole lot for you anymore. Um, because per Todd Cochran, there are like a thousand podcasts coming out a week. It's a lot, a lot of noise. There's a podcast at number three at Spain's uh, iTunes top 10 that only has one review. Ah, there we go. There's another myth. It's not reviews. I repeat, he said, calling the voice of Darth Vader. It's not reviews. It's subscribers. Reviews are handy if you are side by side by somebody and you're like, oh, wow, this show is called, you know, the pancake show. And this one's called the flapjack show, you know, and this one has a hundred reviews and this one has three. That might be, you know, it's social proof, but in terms of ranking up the charts. And again, I say, find somebody at the top of the charts and say, how many downloads you get per episode? No one will answer that question. New subscribers, I believe, over a 24-hour period. And then they they believe, potentially, that it is total number of subscribers, which is why I cry. I mean, literally, like the Indian commercial back in the 70s, like a tear comes down. my When I hear somebody go, I didn't make it into new and noteworthy, so I'm going to just delete my show and start over. Because you're deleting subscribers. You worked really long and hard to get those subscribers, and you're going to throw them away and... Uh, that's just crazy. That conversation you had on the roundtable where you and Daniel and Rob shared the facts about iTunes. Yeah, it's, um, there are things that are repeated enough to where people just assume they're true. Um, the history, you know, there are paintings of Washington crossing the Delaware standing up in a boat. If you actually look into that, it's really pretty likely he did not do that because A, you just don't stand up in a boat like that when you're going across that river and, and B it just, there are all sorts of things. It's like, this probably didn't happen, but it was told so often that that becomes history. And somebody writes a painting of it. Like, well, somebody drew a painting of it. It must be true. That was like the, the internet back in the 1700s. Well, someone made a painting of it. So, um, yeah, so we've heard so much. Yeah, uh, the woman I was speaking to this week, she was awesome. Really, I'm really looking forward to hearing her podcast. Had it down to the day. I only have 18 days to be a new and noteworthy, and I was like, no, no, you don't. You can be noteworthy anytime you feel like it. I said you might only have 18 days to be new. I said, but even that, it's not going to bring you a whole lot. So keep that in mind. SP says Dan Carlin gets two million plus downloads per episode per Rob Walsh, and he's at the very top of the chart. Yeah. Because he, people now see Dan, you want to subscribe to because Dan breaks every rule in the book. A, his uh, his episodes are anywhere from two to four hours, if not more. 
So they're not 20 minutes, they're, and they're very unpredictable. His schedule is, it, it will come out when it's ready. So he's not doing the schedule thing. So you need to be subscribed to his show, because otherwise you have to keep going back to see, is it, nope, it's been two months, nope, is there another one? So you have to subscribe to Dan's show to know when it comes out. Um, yeah, Mike says another uh, one here is, I, I have to release X episodes when you launch is not useful. This is another one. This is the one that drove me nuts because it's so easy to prove that it's not true. In fact, um, let me uh, let me fire up iTunes. This will be ready in about a half hour. Uh, for those of you who haven't used iTunes on a desktop, oofa, it takes forever for this bad boy to uh, come up. Y- you can prove this one so wrong, so easy. It's still coming up, by the way. And still, we're still waiting. We're going to go look at iTunes for any of you listening. I've pulled it up. And of course, it's iTunes. We've got the big banners at the top. You've got tons and tons of artwork at the bottom. And I'm going to type in NASCAR just because I'm sure there are plenty of shows about NASCAR. And sure enough, here they are. The final lap, the weekly NASCAR racing. And um, here's somebody without artwork. That's not going to get you uh, very far. Um, NASCAR news. So I'm going to click on this one the final lap and um he's been doing this a while um he's got 25 reviews uh if i click on subscribe of course itunes will say are you sure you want to do this and i'm like yep and so when i go to that now this guy has ooh 50 80 over 100 episodes in his feed because people are like you need to launch with at least 10 so that when you subscribe you get 10 downloads and downloads are what makes you go up the chart. So if I go to the library and here's his, here's his listing. Now his artworks taking its time to get here and you can see it looks like I might have one download. Although over here, it still shows that it's waiting for me to download. So I might have one download. I definitely do not have 10, 15, a hundred. If I want to download his back catalog, I could either A, right click and say download all. That's my favorite button of all time. I liked it better when you didn't have to right click on it. Or I'm going to come over here and click on this little cloud icon on the right hand side. And yep, there it is. It's now downloading. And I'm finally getting his artwork. So yes, I can come over here and click, click, click and get these all. And there's more to click from. But your audience has to know that. So my point is everybody's saying that when you subscribe, you get 10 downloads. Uh Uh-uh, not the case. People have to go back and manually do that. So that's another myth that's just horrible. And and, and Patrick says, I was led down that road. I had three episodes when I submitted to iTunes. And I always want to go back and look at episode one, which really should be the one that you just come out and bam, punch somebody in the face. People are like, wow, I can't wait till episode two comes out. And it, you know, people have to go back and manually get that. So I was kind of, I, I want to do that with a show once, release like five and then see how many people actually go back and get episodes two, three, four, and one. Yeah, and my the thing that drives me nuts the most about that is I've literally run into people who have 10 episodes and they still haven't launched. And I'm like, look, a, a writer creates a book to be read. A musician writes a song to be heard. You got 10 in the can. What are you waiting for? You know, it's it's crazy. And then they don't launch. They 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 pod fade before they. It's like pre fade. They never make it to the launch because they can't get that those other ten episodes. Because I want to launch with twenty. Hmm, drives me crazy. I I agree with Daniel here. I, I think it's a good idea to launch with a few episodes, 
but for reasons that matter more to the audience. Yeah, it, 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 it gives you the ability, if you want to, to go back and get more. I just hate to see people wait to launch. That's the word. It, it bugs me. The people aren't launching. Why? Because I've only got seven episodes. Ufa. Jason says, my iTunes list of new and noteworthy only lists about 20 episodes instead of hundreds. Is it just my old MacBook uh, and old iOS causing that problem? Or has Apple changed how that they list new and noteworthy? Jason, that might be, it's probably, in theory, in your feed. Unless they do something special and new and noteworthy. Uh, but usually how many episodes are listed is is a feed function. Mike says, uh, the word launch bugs me about podcasts. Just start podcasting. So, SP. Sporting, hey, Dave, how's it going? Sporting the, the, the facial hair, buddy. Yeah, I started growing it on the 1st of October. I do it every year because I have sensitive skin, and when it gets all dry out and cold and everything, it chaps. So instead of shaving, I just grow a, a short beard. And besides, on the GunnyGeek.com show, if you don't have a beard, you get kicked off the show. Is so, that it? You know, I, I had to do it. Yeah. Beard is not an option or not optional, I see. Got it. Exactly. So I had a question, actually, Stephen, Chris, and I over on Get a Geek were talking about it yesterday, and it's not something that none of us knows a good answer for. So I've been approached in the past like six or nine months for several people that are looking at doing tabletop gaming podcasts, now whether they talk about the tabletop gaming or not, they all want to capture the audio from the actual gaming session. So Dave, for your generation, you're talking about like recording a monopoly session, but awesome. for, for the new guys out there at tabletop gaming is huge. Right. Uh, Gen, Gen Con in Indianapolis is rivaling the, the big boys in terms of geek conventions with New York comic con dragon con and uh, San Diego comic con. It, it's just a huge deal. So the problem is how do you capture that audio when you got somewhere between four and 10 people and they're moving around, Oof, playing a game. It, like if you stick a snowball or a blue Yeti in the middle of the table, you know you get all that ambiance and you get people that are close to the mic, farther away from the mic, whatever. And so I, we went through a whole thing of like, okay, do you use broadcast headsets? Well, then you're corded. And if you're not used to that sort of thing, even moving around with that is an issue. If you do a dynamic cardioid microphone in front of you, you're still moving around and you might lose that cone in front of the microphone. If you do uh, lapels, uh, which are largely condensers, at the price range that we're talking about, you're going to get significant crosstalk in, in the room and you're, and you're going to get that anyway. If you do a shotgun mic, you know, what's the cone of that shotgun? How far right. away are you capturing everybody? Do you need multiple ones? It's just a very difficult dynamic situation and it doesn't need to be tabletop gaming. It could be like poker it could be like a fantasy football draft anything like that so what is your best suggestion on how you would capture that audio what i did i had to do um i was basically the i guess the engineer the recording person i recorded five people in a room uh and i just basically brought up um everybody got an atr 2100 and they had headphones and the key for that was that way they could hear if they were still close enough to the mic or not. Cause if they don't have headphones, they don't, they don't hear that their voice is backing away and things like that. Because the, the easy way would be to throw a Yeti in 360 mode, but you're right. That's going to sound horrendous. And depending on the audience, if they want the feel of being in the room, that would definitely do it. But I, I that would drive me bonkers. But that again is where I listen through the ears of a podcaster. I, I think that would be too distracting 
but I would try, I would go with, um, you know, dynamic mics, but the problem when you get into like 10 people, that's, that's, that gets tough. Headsets might be interesting, but the more people you add, it's like anything else. The more people you add, the bigger the mixer you now need. You know, if you got 10 people, holy cow. I know. I was thinking of that as well. I'm sorry about the sound quality. I think I'm coming through the, the new C922 camera versus my microphone. Uh, but. Tap your microphone. Well, that's it. It doesn't sound as bad as you would think. Oh, okay. So The the webcam or this microphone? Uh, the webcam. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, it, we got a little room noise going on, but it's not, uh, it's not okay. as horrendous as usual. For, for yeah, I picked camera. up the new C922 on a deal uh, for Black Friday and installed it so I could have two webcams. Haven't set up everything, just literally installed it today. It was gone all week for work and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's it, the, to get back to the question, it's just a very dynamic situation with a, a lot of things going on. And if you're if you're looking, and there's starting to be a lot of podcasts in that area too, the tabletop gaming area. Yeah. So if you want to stand out in front of the crowd for everybody else, you know, how exactly would you improve your audio quality? I think I, either lapels or a broadcast headset would be it, but that's expensive. Like a, yeah. the um, Audio Technica one that Mike Dell uses, that's like $200, right? So if you have four people that's four hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars and it just scales up from that and it's just expensive a lapel microphone i I don't know what those go for in the quality range yeah but they i would assume it'd be like at least a hundred dollars a person yeah i mean because you can get by i mean this is a little audio technica he said trying to pull it out of his drawer that is usable um you have to put a battery in it what model is this it's like 20 bucks and it's Usable. It is the ATR 3350. And I've used it, but it's got a little battery in it because it needs something to, to give it some juice. But again, it's like you said, it's it's a condenser. You know, it's made to pick up everything here. Um, but this would be cheap. Um, and it's got, the, the bad news is the cable is four miles long. I mean, it really, it's it's a it's a cool mic, but it's the, the hassle with this thing is, is the cable. That might- that might be a good thing for this application right. because you have to plug into a central point wherever that would be. And, and largely the game's going to be in the middle of the table. So you yeah. can't have like a mixer audio interface or yeah. a recorder like an H6 in the middle of the table because that's where the game is. So you're going to be running chords somewhere yeah. if you do court. I, You know, wireless would be preferable, but, you know, those packs, like you were in a studio, you oh. were probably wired with a what, wire pack. Those things go for hundreds of dollars. Well, that and the other hassle of a of a battery pack is the first part of that word, batteries. And it, I know when I was a musician, I would play eight hours a weekend and there was, it sounds stupid, but it was like five bucks for two batteries and I used one battery per gig, even though it was supposed to last longer. You don't want to run out of juice in the middle of recording a podcast. So that's the, the downside of of those and then there's no way to really tell besides sticking it on your tongue you know how much juice is left and that's not the most scientific method of doing that um i think the other thing in that case it's almost like recording you know on a showroom floor you almost yeah. have you almost have to mention you know just call attention all right here we are we're we're playing the game right now and just announce the fact that um yeah, so you just accept the lower quality, but yeah. I, I was thinking in terms of like if you wanted to take it to the next level and try mm-hmm. to get a leg up on your competition, if it was audio quality for a listener, but I'm not even sure listeners of that would be 
concerned about audio quality. We we were just going around and trying to rack our brains on how you would do it. And yeah. it's not something that any of us were experienced with other than, like you said, at cons or whatever. We, yeah, I, I think sort of anything above a Blue Yeti in the middle of the table is going to be better. And if you if somehow, it's like you said, the other nice thing about a, a lav is you don't have to worry about um, mic stands now, which are going to take up room on the table. So right. that's or you could do floor stands too, but yeah. then you're getting away from movement. Right. So it's going to be tricky no matter where you, but I think if you get a mic to everybody, that right there is going to make you stand out. I'll have to go listen to a couple and see how they're, what they're doing. But I would think be, if, be if, uh, interested to see what you think. Yeah. So if everybody had a mic, I, I think that would just be, I, I, in my head, I go, that should be enough. Cause you are going to get crosstalk no matter what. I know um, when I was doing mine, I was in this big conference room with extremely high ceilings. So it was just this big giant echo chamber. And so what I was doing, which I was really lucky, I wasn't doing, I, all I was doing was recording and it was very much question. And then that person would answer. And they were really good at knowing when the question was done. And then the person was answering the question. It was very obvious that they were now coming to an end. And both of them, it was almost like an NPR style kind of thing where nobody was talking over each other. So I had this mixer behind me, which has mute knobs. So when somebody wasn't talking, I was hitting mute, which was really kind of a, a, a ballsy move because if somebody talked when I, it was going to be really obvious and I lucked out because uh, the whole time I'm like, this could be, because a lot of times I didn't know who was going to talk next. So I would unmute everybody and then somebody would talk and I would mute the other four or three. And then, so it was, it was tricky. It was like playing the piano. Um, and that did cut down a little bit on the roominess, but um, it's, it's tricky. A few months ago, I bought a reporter's microphone, the Sennheiser MD46, which NBC commissioned with Sennheiser for the Olympics. And I can't remember. It was sometime in the early 90s, I think. And it was meant, and it's still used today. You can still see sideline reporters on the NFL or whatever using this, this microphone. So it hasn't gone away at all. But it's supposed to do a lot of inherent noise rejection. The problem is the second you get off access from that microphone, because it's like a super, super cardio microphone, yeah you start to lose it. I used one in a, uh, met up with a few co-hosts a few months ago and I used one in a hotel room, still caught crosstalk with it in the hotel room, but the other two microphones were a little bit worse. So it, you can, you can buy just a little bit, but in my experience, you're still going to get some sort of ambiance. You're never going to get a good clean sound, like right, just right in front of your mouth and, yeah. and nothing else. So Anyway, again, I'd be interested to see, hear what you think of, of those types of podcasts. And I, I'll have to warn you, I know you're, you're, you kind of have a little uh, thing about this. It's almost like the three guys, one brain, but they're actually moving forward with a game if right. they're going to, through gameplay. So I'm just warning you in advance. It, it is that style of right. podcast. Yeah, I, I'm not the target audience. I will keep that in mind. I'll just go there for the... Uh the audio but I, to me again as long as it's not distracting you know if it's not something that's just so echoey that i have a hard time understanding i heard a uh, podcast this week I, I i wouldn't say what it was if i knew but it was literally one mic in the middle of a table and it was just so echoey that it was like you had to struggle to to hear what was going on and i'm like yeah that's because i remember thinking i should i should jot this down or use it as an example because i i don't do I have my right setting? No. You know, where, when you get the, the echo, yeah. And it's even like this. That's a great room noise, right? You can still hear me, but it sounds like I'm in a bathroom. That's just not, that's when it becomes distracting. 
So, oh, so you weren't really in a bathroom for that ass pods? No, no, a few I just, months ago. You, I took the mic with your... me. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Right, Thanks a lot. Enjoy the work you're doing here and, and uh, looking forward to Jim coming back next week. I'll be on the road next week. So I'll be listening to you on the road, really hoping you do Mixler or Spreaker next week. So I can yeah. use that data. We're on Mixler this week. So we're there. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's uh, two weeks. We'll be off to, we'll have to see if we're doing a show. Cause I'll, I'll be here next week. Jim will be here next week. The 15th, I will be in Tampa, Florida, talking at a um, t- the Tampa Bay Business Association. I'm doing a, a thing down there for, for Libsyn, and I decided to take the weekend while I'm there because that's on Thursday. And I was originally going to fly back on Friday. Well, Glenn, the geek's down there, uh, Chris Kermitzos, a lot of the, the messengers people are there. So I took an extra day Friday, and I'll be flying back on Saturday. And I don't think I'm going to try to... Doing the Ask the Podcast Coach on the road has is, is been proven at times. Not a great, <laughs> great idea. So we'll see what happens in two weeks. But uh, we'll have safe travels to you, and uh, thanks for coming on. You bet. Catch you later, Dave. Yeah. There's a, The other thing that's interesting is uh, on the School of Podcasting, wow, is it 1130 already? Holy cow. I, I'm having somebody on that does a dramatic, I forget what she calls it. It's basically, I just call it old-time radio kind of a, a, a drama, audio drama. And appara- and she named so many shows. I, I know Welcome to Night Vale. Night Vale? Yes, Night Vale. Night Vale. Valeville, Tomato, Tomata. Uh, there's a whole other bubble of audio drama podcasts. And I was like, I've never heard of any of these. And she was just saying, oh, well, you know, like uh, the, the, the vase and the blah and the thing and the blah. And I'm like, never heard of any of these. And I said, welcome to Night Vale. And she she didn't roll her eyes, but it was kind of like, yeah, everybody knows that one. And so there's a whole other genre out there. And um, she was she was talking about how it takes her days. You know, we talk about, ah, it takes four hours to do an hour-long podcast. It takes her three days to do a show. And I was like, holy cow. So that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. And I think we're going to find... So I say that because now there's people playing... For have a better phrase, Dungeon and Dragons, and they're going to record it. And I'm with, uh, I know Kim said, who's listening to this? It might, I think if that, again, just an opinion, would rely on the people in the room, because on one hand, the story of where they went, and now you have to fight an ogre with your elf, and the sword has the mighty potion of whatever it is. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons in my life. I, I think the banter between the people, if there's any kind of smack talk or whatever, because I know um, there's the comedian that wrote Community, the TV show Community, got fired and went around and did this little like bar tour where he would just get up and talk. And he had some guy with him and they would play Dungeons and Dragons. And that guy became like a celebrity. He was just some, you know, for lack of a better phrase, you know, dungeon and dragon nerd guy and super inverted um, and, and wasn't really keen on being in front of people, but they just pulled him up. And by the end of it, it was interesting watching that guy come out of his, his shell. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out because the, the possibilities of podcasting, for, for the love of God, can, can definitely venture out of interview shows. <laughs> there we go. And... Uh, Yeah, Joe in the, the chat room says, if watching people play poker can be a success, why not Gamecast? You would think, 
if it's something that uh, on one hand maybe the uh, the suspense of what is this guy gonna do it is a story to a certain extent but if there's something that I need visually from the game to understand what's going on that's where it's gonna fall flat but that again might be if somebody's really into the game they're sitting there thinking "Ooh, does he have this or that <laughs> listening to a chess match Rook to uh, takes your bishop, you know, left three, number one, you know, battleship. I don't think that would be a good podcast. D6. No. So I want to thank all of our uh, patrons for uh, helping out with the show. He said with a minute left, that would be Stargate Pioneer from betterpodcasting.com, Glenn the Geek from Horse Radio Network, Nick Suberling from Cincinnati Soccer Talk, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv, Alan Meisner, Barry Kessler from BarryKessler.com, Josh Rivers from CreativeStudio.academy, Frank Brill and Dale Henninger, and of course, all of our supporters you can find over at AskThePodcastCoach.com slash awesome. You get bonus content and all sorts of other fun stuff. Check it out at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that is L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and save on a single course or a whole bundle. Again, that's schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. We'll see you next week with another episode of Ask the Podcast Coach.